I went home and I was addicted to weed, addicted to porn, addicted to women, addicted to sex, just anything to literally get out of this feeling. And so actually I had a dream. In the dream, I'm in an interrogation room and I'm with Jesus on the other side. And he lays out in front of me these seven crystals. And it was everything that I had ever felt, anything that I had ever did or every wrong against me or everything, literally every, my whole life from when I was born to the age of 21. As he goes, he crushes every single crystal and it all turns to dust on his table. And I'm just like, whoa. And I'm not scared, but I'm just like, I could just feel the power and the glory, like just the light in him. And he reaches his hand out to me, and he's just like this. And I'm like, okay. Welcome, Kirsten. We are so excited to have you here sharing your testimony with Dela Fay. For the people who may not know you, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Kirsten Searcy. I'm 23. I'm from Hagerstown, Maryland, and I'm excited to share my testimony with you guys. Kirsten, can you tell us about your life before Jesus, starting with your childhood? Yeah, so as a child, um, I grew up in a two-parent household, um, more of my mother there um, instead of my dad. My dad was always at work um, supporting us and giving us a roof, he would say, over our heads um, instead of actually being a, a dad. Um, I grew up with two brothers, and um, it was it was great. I actually had a pretty dope childhood, honestly. Um, we would go on adventures and stuff like that. We play, We all played sports, so we would always be somewhere else on the weekends or whatever. Um, but growing up, we also had the obligation of being at church. So we would go to church on Sundays and just sit there and not know what's going on. It was like an hour obligation. Um, and so I always knew the parts of like the little like services where I would be like, all right, I know after the communion, like it's only like five minutes and then we could dip because I'm ready to go home. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't like this. But it was always heard about God there. Um, never at home. Um, my dad was like Mormon. I think he, he more, yeah, I think he was Mormon. Um, my mom was just a non-practicing Catholic woman. So I never grew up with like a praying mom or like a praying dad or like a praying family. We were just more blue collar. We go to work or they go to work. Um, I go to school. I'm playing sports. I'm having fun. I'm having, I have a lot of friends. So growing up was pretty actually fun. Like I didn't have a traumatizing childhood. I had a pretty fun childhood. Um, met a lot of people through sports, through a lot of teams. I've been a lot of places, a lot of states. So Kirsten, um, what was it like growing up um, without the foundation of God and even having your dad not in the house all the time? I want to say now that it could have shaped me into a whole different person. Um, but not knowing and being ignorant, I didn't have any other like choice. I didn't know. I feel like it could have been pivotal in my life, honestly, to, to learn about God, to learn about Jesus. It could have steered me into a whole different direction that I actually went in. Um, my dad not being in the home, I feel like it really made me kind of reject and resent men because I didn't get what I needed from my father. Um, I didn't get the correct love. I got like things, like material things. I got new shoes, new clothes for, for school, and I got new material things. I got money for the weekend for my, with, to go with my friends, but I never got like that listening father, like that father that was like, we're going to pray or we're going to 
we're just going to do so we're going to instill certain things in you it was always just i'm going to give you this and that's it but he was also abusive too so it was like whenever i did see him it was more of him laying his hands on me because i wasn't doing this or i wasn't doing that so i always resented him and i always had an attitude towards him because i'm like well you're never here how are you going to tell me i'm doing wrong so it Growing up, even as a teenager, you know, teenagers, like, I hate my parents and blah, 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 blah. I was like that. But I didn't have the privilege of, like, having a great relationship with my dad. And he later then passed away when I was 16. Mm -hmm. um, so it brought a lot of guilt. So, Kirsten, I know a little bit about your testimony and mm -hmm. how you actually left the LGBT community. Yes, Can you tell me how you even got involved with that? Were there Was there an experience as you were getting older that kind of made you turn in that direction? And can you tell us a little bit about what that looked like for you? So when I was about four or five, I actually had like a sexual experience with another child. Now that I know what it is, it was child on child abuse. I did not know this at the time. Clearly, I was four or five years old. But I was open and, like, my sexual organs were awakened at a very, very young age. So I was going through middle, or, sorry, elementary school, like, experiencing things like, ooh, like, that felt good. Like, I kind of want to know more about it. I was that kid in, middle, in elementary school that knew about sex. I knew about it because I was introduced to it. I would go home. It was on the TV. Like, I knew, like, I could hear my parents. You know, I just kind of put it all together um, at a young age. And other kids were talking about it, too. So in about third grade, so how are you in third grade? Probably like eight or nine, eight or nine years old. Um, I kissed a girl for the first time. And it wasn't like a playing. Like, we're playing house. No, it was like, it was like, okay, I like this. And so from there even being more with the boys and rejected by the boys because I was like them. They saw me as like a homie instead of like, oh, hey, like, oh, she's cute or whatever, you know, for who I really was. So I kind of steered away from the boys. And since I wasn't getting what I needed from my dad, I was resenting boys altogether. So in about sixth grade, cut my hair all off, dressed like a boy. I don't even know why. I couldn't even tell you why I wanted to do it, but it was just like, this is, I just want to change what I look like. I want to change who I am. So. Can you tell us a little bit about how it felt? You say that you were rejected by the guys. What mm -hmm. did that look like? Did they say something to you? Did they, you know, was there something that happened? Or why did you feel rejected? So going into middle school, I always got bullied because uh, I had a flat chest or I had no butt or because I was always so athletic that they didn't see me as like somebody that they would want to date, you know. And at that age, it's just like you want to fit in. You want to like be popular and all that and all those things. So I was outcasted pretty much and they like the girly girls they like the girls that do the makeup and wear like the little tight stuff that was never me so I kind of quit that and I was like dang okay like I'm not good enough or I'm not cute enough and I, I don't I was like okay I don't like who I am so I internalized all of that I internalized the bullying I internalized the rejection and I internalized the in insecurity that it was brewing inside of me so I was like I'm just gonna change my whole identity. So I then changed my clothes and I came in the next year with a whole haircut and different clothes and everybody's like, what is that? Like, what is going on? And then I was like, I like girls. That was how I was like, I like girls. I shut down that part of me that even knew that I liked boys because I, I did like boys and I just quieted it. Going through middle school, I'm trying to cultivate this whole identity that I don't even really know what I'm doing. And then I'm introduced to other women or other girls um, that are in middle school that like women. 
And so they're teaching me what to do. They're telling me how to do this, how to talk to girls, what to do, what to do. And so I had my first sexual encounter at the age of 12. And I started smoking weed, hanging out with these people that are that are older than me, um, girls in high school. Like It was like ninth grade. I was in eighth grade. And they were telling me about their sexual encounters with girls. So on my basketball team, I play AAU basketball, which is summer basketball, every year from eighth grade to 12th grade. And so there was a lot of girls that like girls. So And there's a culture. There's literally a culture of gay basketball players. And so I was sleeping with girls on my team. I was kissing girls on my team. We were all doing things in secret. We are having orgies. Like, it was just, like, that's what we did. When we had sleepovers, we would go to different states for tournaments, and it would just be nasty. And Kirsten, at any point, did you ever feel like this is wrong or God doesn't like this? Or did you have any concept of, of God in those moments? I really didn't because I didn't know who God was, but I knew that it was wrong. I knew that it was wrong because I'm like, I'm going against my natural, like, feeling, right? So I was always like, I know I like boys, but I'm forcing myself. This is forcing. I'm forcing. I'm learning this behavior. I'm learning this because I'm influenced by other people. But it's like I'm hiding that, that rejection. But I knew it was wrong. And my grandparents would always tell me I was going to hell. And I'm like, okay. Like I'm going, I'm going to hell. Amen. Like I, I didn't know, I didn't care. Like it wasn't like okay, I don't even know what, like what is hell for real. I wasn't scared of it. It honestly became more blatant. I was more open, and I was like, this is who I am. You accept it or I don't. And at that point, I had already had an attitude problem, so I didn't care what anybody, anybody else thought of me. So I'm like, this is who I am. You're either gonna accept it, or you're not. I'm going through high school, and I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to tell. I'm just really trying to fit in with my basketball team and, and the girls there. I went to a Catholic high school, and I was like the girl that was gay in the Catholic high school. And I'm, But I'm, I'm not even realizing that I'm pulling other people into this lifestyle. Like, it was, a it was almost like a competition of how many straight girls can you pull into this? You know what I'm saying? So it was like I boasted in that. I boasted in what I looked like because I was always told, like, oh, you're so cute and blah, 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 all this stuff. So I boasted in my outside appearance the whole time, and the inside I'm breaking. But I, I just know that I like boys. So I picked up this masturbation. I picked up this pornography in, in secret. But it was like, I'm gay. I'm portraying this gayness to the world. I'm a lesbian, blah, 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 gay pride, all this stuff. Be who you want to be. Love is love. But the whole time I'm in the room masturbating to straight porn. That doesn't even add up. I'm going through all these identity issues. I'm not getting love from my father. I'm not even understanding how... I'm supposed to be with the boy or boys don't want to talk to me. Okay, I'm just going to steer myself. Literally, I'm making decisions on how other people perceive me or I'm making decisions on how other people treat me or what I'm not getting. So I'm literally moving and creating this identity, this person who is not even real, like it just based on hurt and just insecurity, really. Um, when I was 16 was a pivotal moment where my life changed, I want to say, like forever. Um, my dad passed away unexpectedly, and the last time I even saw my father was in a casket at the age of 16, and I'm the oldest of four at this point, um, and that broke me. That actually caused me to be even more numb than I already was. Um, I didn't know who I was anyway, but then to take a hit like that and to know that something that just like fell out of my heart, that it didn't really... I couldn't perceive it. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what was going on. So, like, losing a parent was hard for me because I'm like, okay, 
I already know I didn't have a relationship with him. I said so many things that I wish I could have take back. I wish I could have did this. I wish I could have did that. And it hurt me. But I was always so unforgiving of him and re like resentful to him because I was like, you didn't give me what I needed when I needed it. Like, you really could have steered my life in a whole different way. And I've had to deal with that unforgiveness and the Lord has helped me. But to not have a father is is hard, especially as a girl, because it's like, how do I, what do I look for a man? How do I love a man? How does a man supposed to love me? So even the little boys at school, really, it hurt, but it was like, we all go through that. Like, we're bullied. We're, it's like kids are mean. Kids are, who cares? They don't know who they are either. But to get that at home first and then go out and be confident and be me no matter what, like, it really steered me. So, like, I made this persona out of numbness, out of lack. Um, and it hurt. It hurt really bad. So then to see him laying in a casket at the age of 16, it's already broken. It's already don't know what's going on. Um, that that hit me deep. That hit me deep. That led me to so into so many other things. Um, just the hit that my family took. Seeing my mom, like not want to get out of bed or just just traumatized me. Uh, it traumatized me. It gives me like chills because just it felt like emptiness. Emptiness in our home. Emptiness in our relationships. Emptiness just in us. And so I remember actually one night. Um, right after my dad had passed, I think it was only a few days that I, I walked out of my room and I walked upstairs, all the lights are off, everybody's in their room. And I was just like, dang, it just felt so empty. It literally felt like it was cold. And, um, I went to go hug my mom and she just was like, just broken, just empty. So I wanted to go hug her and just ask if she was okay. Um, I was like, I don't know what this looks like for us. I don't know where we're supposed to go from here. But, like, I love you, and I don't want to lose you either. So I went back downstairs, and I realized that this is where lesbianism and my coping was in women. So I texted this girl and I was like, hey, can you come over? Like, I'm really struggling right now. Like, I just want somebody to just lay with me. And this breaks me, this breaks me so much. Um, she came over, I let her in through the back door, whatever, she was in my bed. And my mom comes to the door and she just knocks and she's like, hey, can I come lay with you? And I was like, somebody in my bed, um, I'm sorry. And it was like, I just like chose that, um, like over comforting my mom, like helping her when I knew that she was low. But I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like this is awkward in the first place. This is weird. I'm trying to cope in my way and she's trying to come to me. It really hurt. Um, but I feel like I, I took that and it just created a wound that I just lived from. I just live from it. So it invited like smoking weed, just trying to feel anything that I could just to feel better. So I went through that year, the last year of high school, I'm just busy, I play basketball. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna try to just forget this, do anything to forget this. So I'm just gonna go 
do what I need to do, finish what I need to finish. Um, and I just picked a random college. And they were like, hey, we like the way you play basketball, come. And I was like, okay. And I went, because I was like, I, I feel like I'm depressed, but I don't really know what's going on. I don't know. I've never been depressed before. I've always been happy and joyful and loud and all of it. So I go to college. Um, I went in with a girlfriend, because obviously, like, that is, like, my identity now. People can look at me and literally say, oh, yeah, she's gay. And I was like, I was okay with that, um, because I shut down that old version of me actually liking men um, a long time ago. Went into college with a girlfriend. Uh, I ended up cheating on her. I had sex with another girl, um, and that just kept continuing. So I got into a relationship with this with this girl, which um, was honestly traumatizing. It was toxic. It was codependent. I relied on her for a lot of things, which I really shouldn't have. And I was honestly breaking. I was depressed. Uh, I had anxiety. I was having panic attacks, and I was controlling and manipulative and just just a bad person. I was an ugly person um, living from this wound because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if it was from not grieving my dad or or what it was, like not actually living like for myself, um, like I was trapped. Now, Kirsten, were the people around you encouraging of this lifestyle? Was anyone seeing this darkness you were in or was everyone seeing kind of something different? Oh, everybody was seeing who I was on the outside, whether it was like, oh, yeah, she's cute or whatever. Nobody saw what was actually happening inside until I actually asked for help from a therapist um, when I got to college because I couldn't take it anymore. I felt like I literally, I was suicidal. I was just like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to feel like this anymore. But nobody was around me that was like telling me, hey, like this is wrong, or nobody was telling me about Jesus. Like I realized that everything that I was searching for wasn't Jesus, but I just didn't know. So I went through this pivotal, just darkness for like the first two or three years of college. And I really was suicidal mostly the whole time uh, I stayed because I was just like, I don't, I don't want to die, but I don't want to feel like this. So I had a lot of gay friends. I'm having sex. I'm addicted to sex. I'm, addis- I'm addicted to masturbation. I'm addicted to weed, alcohol, all you can think of literally like outlets, like there's symptoms of something is going on, but I don't, I can't put words to it, but I'm hurting. I'm hurting so bad but I'm expected to show up and be a good student. I'm still expected to show up and be a good teammate and still be like this great student athlete. But I was like, man, my grades are going down. I don't even want to play basketball anymore because I just can't even get out of bed. Like, I don't want to be around anybody. I can't even get up to go to class. Um, it was it was dark. I actually wanted to drop out of college. My mom was like, you're not going anywhere. And I was like, okay, I'm going to finish it. Like, you're paying some, all right. But it wasn't until I went home after college, I graduated, and I was addicted to weed, addicted to porn, addicted to women, addicted to sex, just anything to literally get out of this feeling until actually I had a dream. In the dream, I'm in an interrogation room, and I'm with Jesus on the other side. And he lays out in front of me these seven crystals and I'm just looking at them. But I'm not scared, but I know it's Jesus. Like, I'm just like, I never saw Jesus, I never, knew who he was, but I knew that was him on the other side. So I'm just like, but just like the power in him knowing me, I just knew that he could see right through me, like he knew everything about me. And he laid these seven crystals right in front of me. And it was everything that I had ever felt, anything that I had ever did or every wrong against me or everything, literally every, my whole life from when I was born to the age of 21. I'm just looking at him and he's looking at me and I'm just looking at these crystals and I'm just seeing my whole entire life, which is like a sham to me because I'm like, 
I didn't want to end up like this. I didn't want to do any of this stuff. I didn't want to hurt the people that I hurt. I didn't want to damage a lot of people's lives or pull people into this lifestyle. And I'm just looking at all these things. And I'm like, oh my God, my life has been full of pain at the, from this point. A lot of emotional pain, which was covered up by physical things. He, as he goes, he crushes every single crystal and it all turns to dust on his table. And I'm just like, whoa, like what the, what the heck? And then the dream's over, I wake up. And I was like, I just had a dream with God in it. Like I've never, I didn't ever even remember my dreams before that. I would usually just get high just to go to sleep or drink just to go to sleep. Like what just happened to me? So I'm sitting there and I'm like, he just knew everything that I ever did. Like that was literally my whole life in front of me. And I'm like, yo, what the heck? So I went upstairs and I went back, I went to the bathroom and I closed my eyes and I'm back into the dream. And so I'm back into the interrogation room. He's looking at me and I'm looking at him. And I'm not scared, but I'm just like, I could just feel the power and the glory, like just the light in him. And he reaches his hand out to me. And he's just like this. And I'm like, okay. And I just grab his hand. And then I, I in the dream, or like the, I guess the vision at this point is, is over. And so whenever I like open my eyes, my hand is up in the air like this. And then I just start crying. But I was like a cry from the soul. Like everything was just, I, like I was being freed. Like it was like, oh my God, I was just crying. Like I was just in awe and just like, just undone in this bathroom. And so I get up, I'm like, oh my God. But I didn't give my life to Christ then because I didn't know what to do. I had, this, I had this, this encounter and I knew God touched me, but I was like, I don't know what to do. So I walked out the bathroom. And I was like, I feel different though. Like I always felt different, but I couldn't put words to it. So I'm still in the world at this point. I'm still looking to like not feel what I'm feeling, you know? So like I was just suicidal the day before. Like what's going on? Why am I like, why am I like, I'm light. Like I'm, I'm different. Like I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my life together. So I'm like, I'm going to do a routine. I'm going to have a routine. I'm going to have workouts to do. I'm just going to try to get my mind right. Everything that I knew that I could do, you know, and I'm getting advice from my mom. And so she's like, well, you could do this. You could do that. You could eat eat better, you know. I'm like, okay, amen. So I'm, I'm getting in therapy at this point. And I'm like, all right, I want to get my life together. I'm tired of living like that. I'm tired of like just being depressed every single day, just trying to have a warm body just to make me feel better, just to stimulate me, even though I know my soul is crying out for much more. I just don't know what can really satisfy me. I'm, I'm still back in the world. So I'm with my friends. We're going out. We're clubbing still. We're still drinking. We're still smoking. But I'm like, this is different. Like, I'm tired of this. Like, I'm getting tired of this life. And so one one day, I was actually high. I was still, I, was, I literally smoked every single day from the time I woke up to the time I went to sleep. And I had, I had another encounter with God. And so I put on like some worship music because I was listening to more because I was like, I want to know more God. Like, I don't know, but I have this urge. Like, I have this yearning to know him. I smoke. I put on this this vibe, like this worship music. And I was like, man, I was crying because I felt I finally I felt the presence of God when I was high. It was like my high just went away. I'm sitting, I'm basking in the presence of God and I'm crying and I'm like, oh, my God, I done did all these drugs. I done smoked all this weed. I drank all I could drink just to feel this. This is what I was looking for, but I didn't know what this really was. So I'm sitting in the presence of God. I'm crying, and I feel this thing on my heart. It's like my heart was being patched up. And I was like, oh, 
but I couldn't move. I was just stuck in the glory, like just stuck in the presence of God. And I'm I'm just bawling and bawling, but I know like something is touching my chest. Like I'm being stitched up. I'm like, oh my God. So then from there, I'm doing like daily devotionals and things to know more God. Cause I'm like, what do I do? I didn't even have a Bible. I didn't have nobody telling me like, oh, we can go to this church or nothing. I learned from God himself. So I'm going, doing these devotionals. I'm waking up early in the morning just to feel, I want to feel this thing, right? Cause I'm moving in, in the realm of emotions. I'm in the, in the realm of feeling. So I'm like, I want to feel that again. So God is like showing up every single day. He's showing up every morning, but he's showing me things that I need to heal from, which is one, one. He, we really started with the death of my father, everything that had, had just come from that. And we didn't start with my sexuality first. He was like, no, just let me love you back to life. Let me love you. Like, let me give you grace. Like, this is what I have done for you. So he's telling me Jesus died for me. Like, and I'm just like, Wow. So like through Jesus, like I'm just learning, I'm learning like these live like the basics of the gospel, right? I'm like, wow, so Jesus died for my sins so that I could have life, but I died with him so then I could like I'm just like, wow, this is really crazy. This is really crazy. So this whole time I'm still in the world, right? I'm still smoking, but I'm still looking for God. I'm waking up. I'm like, where's God? Where's God? Where's God? I went on a trip with my friends and I'm like, y'all, like, I'm really feeling like I feel this calling, like, I have to go away from y'all. Like, I have to depart from you guys. And they're like, what's up? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, I'm like, I don't know, but God is calling me higher. And I'm really sorry. But, like, I got to go. And I was talking to a girl at the time. And I even told her, like, look, I don't know what's going on, but I got to go. Like, God is calling me somewhere. And I don't know, but I just know. And I have to, I'm just, I'm going to respond. And I'm going to say yes. Like, I don't know what's about to happen, but yes. And so... So, Kirsten, can you clarify, was this, like, instructions you were getting from the Lord, or was this just, like, inner feelings, or how did you know you needed to kind of separate? So, honestly, it was like a desire. Like, my heart was changing. My desires were changing. I did, I knew that they weren't leading me to the Lord, right? So, as I'm hanging out, as we're talking, as we're smoking, as we're drinking, as we're partying, and I'm like, this is getting old. Like, it wasn't like— you need to tell them you can't be friends with them no more. No, I was like, just just let them know. Like, look, like, I want God, and I just feel like y'all aren't leading me closer to, to God, right? But it was easy for me because I already had that heart that was like, I don't care what y'all think of me. Like, I already was like, y'all can think whatever y'all want to say. Like, whatever y'all want to say, y'all can say it. It doesn't really, it doesn't affect me. I already had that. Like, that's how I moved anyway. So I, I let them know that. And it wasn't harsh, but it was like, look, Y'all not taking me closer to, to God, and I got to go. So God told me I got to move at my mama's house. And I was like, what? What do you mean? I'm only making this much an hour. I don't have—I cannot support myself on this. Like, you're you're tripping. Like, I was like, I know this can't be for me because I would have never thought to do that. I was comfortable right where I was at in my mom's house. I looked and found an apartment literally in five minutes, got it the next day. I was like, Lord— like, you know, for real. I was like, I got to come up with the, secu- like, the security deposit first month. Spring. My mom was like, boom, you finished college. Here you go. I'm like, yo, God is good. Like, I took a step of faith. But I didn't know, you know, like, looking back now, I'm like, I, that was my step of faith. Like, I was moving in faith. But I didn't know. I was just doing what the Lord told me. I get in my apartment. It became a sanctuary. Like, after I moved in, it became, like, the Holy Spirit resided there. I was worshiping literally all the time. Things were being, I was just being cleaned up. I was just, he was just loving on me. 
until I, and I was falling in love with him. And I was falling in love with him. My desire started to change. It wasn't like he was being rough about it. It was like he was loving me to the point where he was like, just let me love you to be clean. Like, let me teach you how to be holy. Let me teach you how to be pure. And so I desired those things. But I was always like, Lord, like, I know this is not right at this point because I'm reading the Bible more. I know homosexuality is not right. I'm like, okay, this is not biblical. But Lord, why do I still feel this way? Why do I still have those desires? Why is that still like lodged in me? You know, like you're cleaning me up. You're healing me from so many things. I don't smoke anymore. I don't drink anymore. I have a disciplined lifestyle. I fast because he's like, I'm looking in the Bible and I'm reading, oh, I got to fast. Okay. Like I want to like humble myself before the Lord because I love him. I'm falling in love with him so much. As I'm being clean, I ask the Lord, what about this? Like, you know, I'm giving you everything. You can touch everything. You can see everything. You can have whatever you want. Like, I give it to you. You can see it. You can touch it, change it, whatever. And he's like, we don't have, we, we not, we're not there yet. We're not to that point yet, right? And I'm just like, okay. I'm just letting him do his thing. I'm sitting in the presence of the Lord. I'm getting what I need, my daily bread, everything like this. But it's like, I wasn't in church yet. I hadn't, didn't have anybody around me telling me what to do. And I, I read the Bible and one morning I'm like, I don't think I ever gave my life to Christ. So this is literally six months after, right? After that initial dream. And I was like, Lord, let me do this. So I get on my knees, right? And I'm like, Lord Jesus, like, I believe that you lived, that you died, like, that you rose again, like, to give me new life, to forgive me of my sins. Like, I repent. And that was, the, I actually repented. And I was like, you was loving me even though I did not yet repent or even give my life to Christ. Like, you was still loving on me. You still stepped in when I was in nastiness, like, in just, like, ew. Like, I was dirty. And you stepped in and you loved me to be clean. Like, that's just, it was crazy to me. So I give my life to Christ. I get baptized a few months later. And then I got a new job and I met a girl. And I was like, wow. She's cute, like whatever, whatever, whatever. She's she's fun to hang out with and all this stuff. I was like, well, Lord, I like her. Like, what, what do I do? Like, I like her. Like, I know that you really wouldn't really send me a woman, but like, why do I feel like this? And so I indulged in it, right? And if I could change it, I would change it. I, I backslid. And so hanging out with this girl all the time, my devotion time starts to get shorter and shorter and shorter. My worship starts to get like, really, really small. I get quieter and quieter and quieter. And I'm just like, man, I don't feel good. I don't feel like I'm I'm back with the Lord. And I was like, I'm going back and forth with this girl because I'm like, I don't know if I should be doing this, but I like you so much. So we're back and forth, literally back to the old toxic habits, back to the same things that I had did before. And so I'm like, but I love you. And I wanna, I wanna date you, and I moved her in my apartment. And when that thing turned into hell real quick, it wasn't even a sanctuary anymore. I moved her in, and I was like, but I was breaking on the inside, and I'm turning into this ugly person again because I'm like, I'm not where I need to be, and I knew it, but I still kept doing it, and I was into a point where I was numb, and I was just like, I don't even know how to get back to the Lord. Like I lost that intimacy. I lost that that feeling like that that he just loved me so much. 
I felt like he turned his face from me. So that went on for about seven months that we dated, and I just was breaking and breaking and breaking. And I treated her like crap, and I was just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. At this point, I'm just like so numb, and and, and like doubt started to come in, unbelief. And I just opened the door to so many things. Depression, again, um, I went through a really heavy depression because I was like, I don't feel the way I used to feel. I don't know what I, like, I know what I did wrong, and I'm living in shame and condemnation. And I'm like, Lord, I'm not even worthy of, like, anything that you want to give me. Like, I know you stepped in and you cleaned me up already, and I feel like I've hurt you. And so I stayed away. I honestly stayed away. I didn't I didn't go back because I was like, you know what? Like, I don't know how to come back to you. I don't know how to face you. I don't know how to come to a father, right, to ask for forgiveness. I don't know how to... I never like this. This is it's triggering because I never had a dad that I can go to and be like, Dad, this is what I'm struggling with. Like, I really need you to help me. I need you to help me through this or walk me through this or teach me what to do. And so I, I really stayed away, and that hurt me. Like I felt like I was empty, like I was broken. And up to honestly, like a month or two ago. I was finally like, you know what, I'm so such at a low point. Lord, I don't know how to get back to where I was. I don't even have to go back to where I was. I repented. And I was like, Father, forgive me for even going astray or step out, stepping out under your covering. I was like, I'm sorry, but like, I just need you. Like, I, I don't know what else to do. My soul is crying out for you. Like, I am hurting. Like, I need you. And like, I was... I was like, I have so much shame and condemnation. I don't know how to come to you. But I was just crying out because I was like, I don't know where else to go. I don't know what else to do. I know that you're the only one that can satisfy me. And I honestly learned a really big lesson for that. But I was able to feel his love and his grace because he was like, you're still my daughter. Like, I still love you. Like, you stepped out, but you came back. And I just, I was like, wow. I went up so far off the road. And I just kept going because I felt like I couldn't turn around. Like, I felt like the prodigal son. But it was like, I didn't have that aha moment. Like, oh, the servants are living better than me. Like, I could go back like I'm a son. I was like, no, like, I don't deserve it. Like, I backslid and I went back into the same stuff I was just in. And I felt like crap. But I was like, you know what? I I have to do it. I have to do it. And so I came back and I was like, Lord, like, I need, I need your grace again. I need your love again. Like, just, you don't even have to, like, I don't have to feel your presence because at that point I moved out of the realm of emotions. Well, I was actually still in the realm of emotions because I was still depressed and all that. But I was like, I don't have to feel you to know that you're here. Like, I'm just declaring things and I'm just asking him, like, please, like, I, I just want to be forgiven. I just want to, I just want to love you again. I just want to know what it's like to be a daughter again. So, Kirsten, even after your fall and then kind of re-igniting um, your relationship with the father, how did he begin to pull you out of that really low place and, and this place where you felt like you didn't belong or you weren't even worthy to come back to him? How did he begin to pull you to the place where you're at right now? Honestly, I asked him, what do I need to do, right? Because I was like, I'll do anything, like, just desperately. He was like, just spend time with me. And I'm just like, man, like... You come with such, such like simple answers. Like it's just like just loving. Like you have to do this and this and this now. He's like just spend time with me, just an hour in the morning again. Cause very, cause I was off my routine. I stepped away from everything, working out, just keeping my mind right and everything. I'm spending time with him. I'm reading his word. I'm getting to know him through his word at this point, right? Because I just knew him by the way I was feeling. And I was like, ah, oh, this is great. 
but I'm spending time just knowing him through his word, his grace. Like even through stories in the Bible, like Prophet Hosea, how he was supposed to marry, like, or he did marry a prostitute and she did whatever she did on him, but he still loved her. He still, I was like, yo, this is how you love me. Like, this is crazy. Like I could, I'm not saying I would just willingly go sin and come back, but it was like, look, even if you do stumble, you could still come back. So God never, or at the beginning, he didn't confront the homosexuality. He Mm -mm. just told you to come spend time with him. Mm -hmm. Was this God affirming your lifestyle? No, 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 no. I feel like he he wanted to, in the secret place, that is where we really dealt with it. So he wasn't like, oh, you can do whatever you want to do. No, like, oh, yeah, love is love. No, he was like, look, just, just come to me. Come to me. It's more simple than you think. Like, just come to me, give it to me. But I stepped out. I made that decision to go do what I did. If I didn't do that, if I didn't get in a relationship, it probably would have been dealt with in the secret place then. Like, or through all the time that I really, I want to say, wasted in a relationship, it could have been dealt with them. But it was dealt with after. I feel like that was probably on his mind. Like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do this, but you walked away, so now you got to come back, and now we're going we're gonna to go over it. Um... And I was actually delivered. So I was delivered from perversion and lust and homosexuality. It was, it, it was awkward. I didn't know like what was really going on, but I was being delivered from these, from these demonic spirits. So um, Kirsten, can you tell me kind of how the Lord has been redeeming your identity now? What is that process? Can you take us into what it even looks like even in your time, you know, in the secret place, the conversations you've been having with God about uh, your identity and your sexual identity? So um, he constantly reminds me that I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm like, thank you, Lord. So I'm just, I'm kind of going with the flow and letting him mold me into what he wants to mold me into, right? So I'm not the person I used to dress like a boy or like look to a certain way. So he's just changing my desires. He's changing my heart. So it's like, huh, looking at girl thing, girls like clothes, right? So like I would always be the one that would go into the boy side, always, always. And so I'm like looking at girls things like, mm, that's cute. Like going to the store like, uh-huh, okay. And then I'm like, maybe I want to like just try what I would look like with makeup, you know? But it's like he's loving me into these things. Like I'm not like, oh, boom, let me go put on. I never, I'm, that was never me. So he's like, go get your nails painted. Like just go treat yourself. You know, go go to the store, look at certain things. And I'm like, ah, okay, okay. Then I start, like, seeing these men, right? I'm just like, why? Who? Like, it just it was just weird. Like, I'm, I literally feel like a 12-year-old kid again. Because I'm like, man, I see this man. He's cute. Okay, interesting. But, like, why am I looking? Like, you know, it's just, like, new to me. So I'm just looking. I'm like, okay. But then I'm like... Thinking about like marriage and stuff, like just like little things that he's introducing to me, like hmm, but even just outside of my purpose as well. But just like you, you, you are like a beautiful woman. Like he, like you are a beautiful woman. And so I'm like, I want to look like a beautiful woman. You know, like I don't want to look like how I used to. I'm growing. I cut my hair for 12 years. I have never, ever, ever really thought of growing my hair out. I have long hair now. Like, I'm growing out the sides. I always shaved it. I want to grow it out because what he's shown me, with the visions that he's shown me of what I would look like, I'm like, I want to look like that. Like, that is who I am. He constantly shows me who I am, how he sees me. And I'm like, that's really how you see me? Like, even though I look like this right now, whatever. Changing the way I dress, just changing the way I sit, changing the way I address people. Like, just my speech and just 
being more proper instead of like, you know, our like slang, but just like even just being like being more proper, um, being more gentle and kind. Cause I was always so rough. I was always with the boys, you know, I was always like a boy. So I was just like, just being more nurturing, honestly. He's just changing my, li like literally my whole nature of who I am, who I ever thought I was. Wow. So Kirsten, what are some of the things that the Lord has called you and what are some of the maybe labels that he's given you to to now identify with that's not what you used to? Oh, virtuous, beautiful, um, a daughter that like I am loved, I am righteous, like that I am holy for him, that I am pure in him. Um, but just really that I'm loved. That is really all that I was ever searching for in any relationship even including my father, um, having to be restored from that, that, that he calls me a daughter because I really never ever felt like one. So Kirsten, what words of encouragement do you have for the people who are currently in the process that you're in and maybe frustrated, you know, waiting on the Lord to maybe take the uh, sexual desires away um, for the same sex or might be going through, um, you know, the transforming of their heart? What are mm -hmm. some words of encouragement for them that may be struggling? Honestly, just to keep seeking Jesus, because I've, I've been, well, I've been and I am continuously going through fulfilling like the fleshly desires with spiritual things. So whenever I felt like, oh, I want to go have sex, or I want to talk to this girl or blah, 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 I pray and I sit there and I just ask the Lord, like I seek the Lord, but it's like really falling in love with Jesus because I was not just like, oh, one day I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to be a lesbian anymore. No, it was like the process of just falling in love with Jesus, just keeping your eyes on Jesus, because it is way easier than you think, way easier. Kirsten, what would you say to people who feel like they need to be completely straight before they come to Christ? Mm-mm. Mm -mm. That's a scam. That is a scam, because Jesus Christ walked into my life and I was dirty. You don't get clean before you get into the shower. It's not, you don't, no, that doesn't even make sense. No, you get into the shower to get clean. So it's like you come to Christ and he will love you clean, I promise. And we are covered under his blood. We are clean and purified. Do you have any advice for young girls um, like you who are struggling with their sexual identities and may not really know what to do about it? I want to say to to go to their parents, go to people who are in the Lord who can love them. Who can who can tell them like, hey, this is not right, but to introduce them to Jesus, honestly, because even being like a a broken little girl, it's like you don't want to act out your emotions in that type of way because it is a road that leads to death. But to really trust people who love Jesus, not I don't want to say don't trust the religious people because I've had my encounters with religious people, but it really pushes you away from God. So honestly, to trust the people who love the Lord, for real. Kirsten, who is Jesus to you? Ah, oh, he's everything. He is everything to me. He is my savior. He's my father. He is my friend. He's the lover, like, of my soul. Like, oh, I cannot be anything without, I cannot do anything apart from him. He is everything. Like. He completes me, and I am complete in Him. There's nothing else that could fill me, anything else that could lead me to salvation. And, like, He's everything, man. He's everything. 
Kirsten, do you have any last words for anybody who may be watching? Honestly, fall in love with Jesus. Just accept Jesus. Learn who Jesus is. And I promise you that you will fall in love with him. You will. Like, I don't feel, I don't know, I don't know this, but anybody that has encountered Jesus, I don't think they've ever been the same. Honestly, he loves you. He loves you where you are, and he will love you until he, until you are where he wants you to be. Kirsten, could you pray for anybody watching who may be struggling with the same thoughts or emotions or even their own struggle with identity? Uh, can you just pray for them? Yes. Lord God, I ask you to turn these people's hearts to you, Father God, so that they may know you. Because you are so good and you're so loving and you're so gentle and kind, Father God, that you can restore any broken heart. You can restore any broken soul, Father God. So we just ask you to show your love. Go to them, Father. Manifest yourself to them, just like you did me, Lord Jesus, in your own way. And turn the hardened hearts to flesh, Lord Jesus. Create us anew. In Jesus' name, amen.